Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. About hope. Amen? Lots of people, I know everybody in here knows somebody, and maybe you're there, or maybe you were there, but you don't have any hope, or you didn't have any hope. How many know somebody that doesn't have hope this morning? Amen, we all do. We've got neighbors, friends, families. Maybe you're here this morning. You're in a place where you think, is there hope for me? And I want to talk about where is your hope? Where being a place? Where being a focus, okay? So where is your hope? And that's a really big question. Hope, finding hope in a world of hurt. There's a lot of hurt in the world, right? There's, there's three things, as the Lord put this on my heart this week to preach on hope. There are three things in the Bible that we can have and we have today as believers that, that you cannot buy. Hope, joy, and peace. Okay? Hope, joy, and peace. Those are three things that the world is looking for. And we've got to remember this morning, that lady that got saved from that bar, they met her at a place of hopelessness. They came into her life in a place where she didn't have hope, and they, and they told her there's hope, and a transformation happened. We've got to get the hope of Jesus Christ to our neighbors. We've got to get the hope of Jesus Christ to our family. We've got to get the hope of Jesus Christ to our enemies. Amen. Amen. And we have something to give them that money cannot buy. People who have lots and lots of money this morning, it doesn't matter how much money they have. Bill Gates with his billions, people with their millions, they cannot buy peace. You cannot buy joy. And that sounds crazy. A lot of people say, man, if I had this or if I had that, if I could get a new boat or if I could get a new car, we'll talk to the people who've had it. And they say it doesn't fulfill you. Amen. You cannot make joy out out of something monetary. Joy comes from the Lord. Peace comes from God. Hope comes from the Lord. So I want to make sure this morning that we understand we have something the world does not have. And I want to look at Romans chapter 15. We're going to look at a few areas of scripture this morning. And I believe this this, this, uh, message will bless you. Romans 15, 13. It says, now, you got this verse this morning from me in the text. May the God of religion. Oh, my bad. Hope. May the God of hope. There's only one person that can give us hope, and that's God. Fill you with all joy and peace. Okay, so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. So what I just said is biblical. We can't have joy, we can't have hope, we can't have peace without God. God's the one that gives it to us. How do we get it? By believing. How do we get those things? By believing, okay? And he says that you may abound have a lot of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for a few minutes that you would arrest our minds, that our minds would not be on anything else but the word of God this morning, that we would be focused that we would learn, that we would grow, that we'd have a revelation of your, of your word this morning in our lives, and that your scriptures would come alive in front of us. We come against every spirit of darkness, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of the enemy. We pray that nobody would leave this place this morning without making you Lord of their life if they don't know you. And for those that do know you, that they would know that true peace, true joy, and hope comes from you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15. This is an awesome chapter. I love the, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 especially. And I want, I want to give you homework to sometime this week or today. Read the whole chapter. There's a lot of great stuff in here. But we're going to start off in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read several scriptures here, so stay with me. But this is really, really going to show you where our hope is. So the question is, where is your hope? Our hope is in what Paul is going to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you, and here we see, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by also which, which also, sorry, you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, now, I mentioned on, on Wednesday, if you weren't here Wednesday, we had a great turnout and a great service. Our Wednesday nights have been awesome. If you didn't hear the podcast, go listen to that message. It'll be a great message to learn from. It's about instruction. It's about listening and paying attention to, to uh, correction and, and instruction so that you don't have to go through a lot of bad things. And so listen to that message because it's about standing. It's not about how we start. It's about how we finish. Okay, a lot of people don't start good, but they can still finish. And a lot of people start good, but they don't finish. And so we need to be finishers this morning, amen? And so this is the gospel. Sometimes maybe we, we complicate what the gospel is. We make it difficult. We, we make it more uh, 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 confusing than it is. There's a lot of people out there who are trying to make it hard. The gospel's not hard. It's simple, Okay. And this is truly what the gospel is. If you say, where is my hope? Well, if, that answer would be different for a lot of people. Some people's hope are in their job. Some people's hope are in their career. Some people's hope are in their relationships, in their spouse, in their kids. Some people's hope is in our, in our world, in, in sports. There's all kinds of things we can be hopeful for or hope in. But the Bible wants to show us here what we should have our hope in. Our hope should be in who Jesus is. Okay, and what Jesus has done. And so he's preaching this gospel and he's saying, if you hold fast, if you hold this word in your lives that I've preached to you. And then he says, unless you believed in vain. Verse 2. Sorry, 3. I have delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. So there's the reach, teach, send. I have delivered to you that which I have also received. You are learning this morning what the gospel is. You're learning what hope is. You're learning what joy is. You're learning what peace is. Now you're supposed to pass that on to somebody else. Somebody else needs to learn for you. So Paul is receiving it, what he has, to, uh, has he received from somebody else. He says, and here it is. If you say, what's the gospel? How can I be an effective witness for the Lord? Read 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Some people say, oh, that's simple, I knew that. Do we? Do we really know it? I mean, we say we do, but do we really know it? And not only do we know it, do we believe it? Okay, that Christ died for our sins according to man's philosophies. To what? To the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day According to the scriptures. Some people in here, not to, not to make you feel bad, some people might not know. That's, that's, that's what everything we believe is about. Pretty simple. 
There's a lot of stuff in this book. I understand that there's a lot there and there's a lot of directions we can go. Come back to the simplicity of God coming down from heaven, dying, being buried, and rising from the dead. Okay? Simple, right? That's the gospel. That's what, we're, that's what saves us this morning, that we believe that. And the, and the truth is, when you pull, a, pull away everything, all the layers of our lives, we're all going to die. We're all going to be buried. And we're going to rise again, just like Jesus. The question is, where will we go? That's the life question. Where will we go? That's what the question is for all of humanity. So it, it's, it's very simple. But we have to believe this, okay? And I'm talking about what our hope is. So then he says in verse 5, And he was seen by Cephas, this is after he rose from the dead, then by the twelve, and he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. That means they were still alive when he was writing this. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And then last of all, he was seen by me also. Now, this is interesting. As by one born out of due time. Meaning he did not physically with his own eyes see physical Jesus. Saul was saved like we are. Saul was saved by a Damascus Has anybody else in here had a Damascus experience? You, you have. You just didn't know it. That's what your salvation's called. Okay, Jesus came to you, and he appeared to you, and you accepted him. Okay, you didn't physically see him, but we've all had a Damascus experience. We maybe didn't fall off a horse. We maybe didn't go blind, but the idea is that Jesus came into our life and revealed himself to us. Okay, so he saw Jesus that way. Let's keep reading. For I am the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But the grace of, but by the grace of God, say, but by the grace of God. Amen. Do you realize that's why you're here this morning? Not because you're good, not because you're smart, not because you're talented, not because of anything else, but the grace of God. He says, I am what I am. Oh, I am and you are and we is. Amen. <laughs> By the grace of God. Amen. Nothing else. It's nothing we can do. How can I have hope this morning in what Jesus did, in what Jesus is? That's my hope. If I lose hope, it's because I've lost hope of what my hope is, and it's Jesus. He says, I am what I am because of the grace of God, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace, there he says it again, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, we preach and so you believed. Okay, so much good stuff in this chapter. So much good stuff. Now, this is important because as we're breaking this down, hope, where's my hope? Where's my hope this morning? The answer is in understanding that this physical body that I live in is someday going to perish. Okay? Now, there's an event we're going to read about in a second that might happen before. That's what's called the blessed hope. Okay? There's a hope this morning. How many would like to not die? Let me see your hands. You would like to not die, not, not see death. Here's good news. You might possibly not see death. It is very, very likely that most of us here will not see death. That's the day that we're living in this morning. We're living in a day where we have the blessed hope, and, and some people say, oh, they've been preaching that for 2,000 years. 
And what do I always say? We're 2,000 years closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we ever were. Amen? Oh, my grandpa told me about that. My mom told me about that. Well, they're gone, and you're here, and we're still alive, and we still have the hope of glory that we can see Jesus come back for his church. Okay? Now, I'm going to read that in a second. That's how many know that's hope. Right? How cool is that, that we could be the generation that does not physically die? Now, some of you are like, what are you talking about? Read the scriptures, okay? He's going to break this down right here, real simple, and let's look at verse 12. He says, now, he's going to be hypothetical here. He says, if Christ preached that he has been raised from the dead, how many believe that's what Christ preached? And he, matter of fact, didn't he preach it before he even died? Didn't he say it was going to happen? Over and over again, he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to give my life for you. Those disciples didn't get it. So he says, if he preached that, how does some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? This is an important topic because all of us know here this morning we're going to die. We know that. We don't think about it enough. I'm not saying sit around morbidly thinking about dying, but the problem is we don't think enough about eternity. We plan too much on this earth. Now there's a balance. Say balance. There's a balance in life. I cannot be so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. I cannot be thinking so much about the rapture and heaven and being with Jesus that I do nothing on this earth. I have to occupy till he comes. I have to work. I have to live. I have to witness. I have to, so I have, to, I have to have a balance. But I cannot be on the other extreme either. Well, I never think about heaven. I never think about eternity because eternity could be today. Amen. Do you realize that your and I and our eternity could start today? We could, we could pass into eternity or Jesus could come back today and eternity would begin for us. Today. Not next week, not next month, not next year, today. And so we have to live our lives with that balance. And so we need to think about it. A lot of people are planning their 401k. A lot of people are planning vacation next year. A lot of people are planning a lot of things and haven't given a second to think about where they're going to spend eternity. That's foolish. So he says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, verse 13, then Christ is not risen. If there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. Do you realize that everything you believe this morning hinges on this? Everything. Everything. It doesn't matter if you get everything else right. Well, I, I know this and I know that. Nothing else matters if you don't understand this. He says, if he has not risen, then our faith is in vain. Watch this. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact dead do not rise. He's saying, listen, dead people are going to, I'm not trying to be more, but I know Halloween just ended. Dead people are going to rise. Every dead person that's ever lived is going to rise. Nobody is going to go into some, some eternal darkness and it's over. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then comes judgment. So we're all going to die. You know, that's, let me just throw this in. Halloween's over. Let me just throw this. That's one of the reasons I, I, I don't like Halloween and I don't celebrate Halloween and I don't like horror movies and all that stuff. It's because that, all that stuff is real. 
We've, we've tried to make it fun and put those, those webs up and all that different stuff, but it's real. Death is real. Hell is real. Satan's real. Darkness is real. Spirits are real. Demon spirits are real. All those things that we kind of like make cool and laugh about and ghosts and goblins, all that, all that spirit stuff's real. And so we glorify it, and when I say we, the world, but the truth is that there, there are people that are going to go to that place. They're going to go to that place, and they're going to be there for eternity, but they're not going to get out on November 1st. The days, the next day, New Year, I'll, I'll get away for now. That's, 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 it's not going to happen. It's eternity. It's forever. Amen. Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. Immediately in the presence of God. So we have to think more about that. And our hope is that when we breathe our last breath, somebody has gone before us and made a way. So he's making this hypothetical thought. And he's saying if he hasn't risen, then, then watch this, verse 16. If the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or futile your faith is in other words worthless okay what are we doing why are we here at church today if we don't believe that when we die something's going to happen okay now watch this look at this next part he says in verse 16 if, if 17 if christ is not risen your faith is futile and you are still in your sins why do we have hope this morning? Because we have hope that we're not in our sins anymore. That's the hope. Because we all know we're messed up. We all know we make mistakes. We all know we're sinners. But the hope is that Jesus really did die on that cross. He really did pay my price. He really did go to the grave. He really did go down and take those keys from Satan. And he really did resurrect from the dead. And he really did go into heaven. And he really is coming back for us. How many believe that? How many really believe that? That's faith. That's our hope. No matter what I'm going through. What hope does somebody have this morning who's not here, who's at Denton Regional or Presbyterian with terminal cancer on their deathbed? What hope do they have? None if they don't have hope in eternity. None. And they could be sitting in that hospital. There probably is somebody sitting in that hospital this morning, terminally ill, with days to live, and millions of dollars in their bank account that they can't take with them. And their family members fighting over who's going to get what. And arguing and getting lawyers ready and talking about the acres and talking about who's going to get what. And they're going to pass into eternity and none of it's going to matter. What hope do they have? What hope? Or that same person, whether they're rich or poor, I'm not trying to make this just about the rich or poor. That poor person or a rich person could be in that same bed and know that I'm just passing through. And I have a few days left to live. But for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain, because I'm going to pass from this life over to that life, because there's another life waiting, and church, we get to choose where we spend it. We get to choose where we spend it. 
How many are thankful for that? And those, those stupid people, because we went over that on Wednesday, if you weren't here, you missed out, are going to spend it in eternity, in hell, because they chose to go there. And those people who say, oh, I'm going to party hard in hell, if they could get a glimpse of what hell looks like, there's no partying going on in hell. The Bible says it's a place of gnashing of teeth, of eternal darkness, where the worm doesn't die and the fire doesn't go out. That doesn't sound like a party to me, does it? But see, our hope is that we're going to a place that Jesus has gone on to prepare for us. Amen, where there's, where there's many mansions, where there's peace, there's hope, there's joy. We, we get a little glimpse here. When we're worshiping God, we get a little glimpse of heaven. With the presence of God that we feel when we're lifting our hands and worshiping God and that presence of, 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 of unity here, that's just a glimpse. We get a little glimpse of glory. So sometimes it's just, it's just enough to keep us going, but it's just a glimpse. But he says, if, if Christ hasn't risen, you're still in your sins, meaning you're still guilty. Now, 18, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Your grandparents and aunts and uncles and all the people that you say, uh, uh, rest in peace, rest in paradise, uh, they're up there having a, having a great time, they're perished. Because if he didn't resurrect, there's no hope. But Paul goes on to say something even stronger here. Where's our hope? Is my hope in my job? Is my hope in my spouse? Is my hope in my family? Is my hope in a person? Is my hope in a career? He says in this the last verse, watch this. If, if, if in this life only, meaning this life we're living right now, only we have hope in Christ, we are of the men to be most pitied. If it's just here, but it's not just here. How many are thankful that this is getting us ready for eternity? This is just preparation, and this is fast. This is over quick. It's over quick. It's just a vapor. People are waking up today. Today, hundreds of thousands of people have passed into eternity. They're waking up realizing this, the vapor's over. My life was quick. Even the ones I saw some, some couple this, this week who uh, have been married 82 years. That's a long time. They're 100-something years old probably. Guess what? That, that, that's a long time, but it's a vapor. In the span of eternity. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to read one, a couple more verses here. But if, you're, if you are in a place this morning of hopelessness or, or you're in a place of pain or you're going through some things in your life, I want to tell you something. That hope, put that background up, up if you would. That hope thing is so cool because hope is, is the fact that we can believe those H-O-P-E. Hold on, pain ends. Amen. How many receive that? Hold on. Pain ends. Jesus said in his word that there'll be a day that he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more funerals. There'll be no more hospital visits. There'll be no more sickness. Am I talking to anybody alive in this place? How many have hope for that day? When we'll be in resurrected bodies. And that's what the Bible says. Psalms 131.24 says, Be of good courage. Strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. How many hope have, have hope in the Lord this morning? Not in man, not in institution, not in religion, in the Lord. 
Psalms 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in His word do I hope. In His word. Do you have your hope in in an institution? Do you have your hope in something else? Or is your hope in this word this morning? That's where your hope, where's your hope? I asked you at the beginning. Your hope should be in his word. Now I close with this, 1 Corinthians 15. Go back to 50. I left you 30 verses there in between to read good stuff. He says, I say this, brethren, flesh and blood, meaning this right here, us, cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So he's saying this physical body, this sinful body cannot go to heaven. Something has to happen. He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. This is what the blessed hope is. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. Does anybody else think it's cool in here that we could be the generation, and I believe we are, who will not see death? Does anybody else in here think that's cool? That we don't have to physically die. We don't have to physically go into the grave. We can see Jesus return. And the signs tell us it could be any day. It could be any hour. It could be any moment. The world will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling. Blink your eyes. Blink your eyes real quick. Snap your fingers. That fast, over. That fast, that fast, Jesus came. That fast, changed. From this old body that gets sick, this old body that gets pneumonia, this old body that has pains, this old body, glorified body. It says, and and the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Amen. Isn't that powerful? For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the incorruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, that it shall be brought to pass the saying that says, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. And we can say, oh death, where is your sting? You don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid to die here if your hope is in Jesus. Death, where's your sting? Hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Where's your hope at? In Jesus. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, God, that you are the hope of glory. Thank you that our hope is the blessed hope. And someday, possibly today, that trumpet can sound and you can choose to come back for your church. Your Bible says, your word says, watch therefore and pray. For you know not the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes. Lord, he'll come on on us unexpectedly if we don't have hope. But if we're watching and waiting and looking, we won't be caught by surprise because we're thinking about eternity. Our hope, our peace, our joy comes from the Word of God, comes from the Lord, comes from what your Word says this morning. Father, we just got to hold on 
and endure to the end. And that pain will end. That suffering will end. The struggle will end. But until you call us home, until you blow that trumpet, until we breathe our last breath, we must hold on. We must keep the faith. We must endure sometimes affliction. But Lord God, we're going to hold on until we hear that because we are more than victorious this morning in Christ Jesus. You are the great I am. You are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end. How many in this place this morning, all across this congregation, possibly listening online this morning, God is speaking to your heart. God's wanting to give you a Damascus experience like he did with Saul who became Paul. Someone who crucified the Christians. Someone who killed Christians and tortured Christians and, and was against God's will for their lives. And he had a conversion experience. How many in this place this morning have never had a conversion experience where Jesus came and totally changed your life? transformed you, set you free, made you a new creation. Today, if that's you, you can be saved right now. You can go from death to life right now. You can go from darkness into light right now. You can, you can know this morning that your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. How many could say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved this morning. Just lift up your hand all over this place. I don't know Jesus. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. How many? I need that. I I don't know. I'm not asking you about a religious question. I'm asking you what's your answer going to be? What's your hope going to be when you breathe your last breath, when you stand before God? A holy God, a living God. What what about when your works are are weighed? If you believe that being good enough is going to get you to heaven, If your works are weighed, how sad is that to think that you'd put your hope in yourself. That when you stand before God and He weighs out the good and the bad you did, all you can do is hope that you have done more good than bad. That's not what the gospel teaches us. The Bible actually says our good is worthless. It's like filthy rags. No one's good but God. The only way we can be saved is putting our faith in what Jesus did on the cross for us. And then then we have hope because our hope is in someone who's perfect and someone who cannot fail and the only one who's ever been to death, to the grave, and came back. Maybe you knew the Lord at some point and today your faith has been shaken. Maybe your faith is not where it needs to be. Maybe you're lacking hope, you're lacking joy, you're lacking peace. I hope and pray this message gives you reason to walk in hope, walk in peace, and walk in joy. Because no matter what I go through, no matter what happens to me this morning, my name is in the Lamb's book of life. And my hope is that someday soon I'm going to be with Jesus. And nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can take that away from you. It's our eternal hope. It's the hope of glory. As we stand to our feet, we're going to open up the altars for a few minutes. How many are thankful for hope this morning? How many are thankful for the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Holy Spirit? How many have experienced that peace that the Bible says passes all understanding? 
Don't even know why you've got peace, but it's real. Can't buy it. How many are thankful for that hope that we have in what's to come? Amen. How many are thankful for the joy of the Lord? Where you can be happy no matter what your circumstances are. You know that's where God wants you to be? He doesn't want you, He doesn't want your happiness to hinge on what's in your bank account, how good you feel how good your, your marriage is, how good your kids are. He doesn't want that to be the case. He wants all those things to be good, but he wants your joy to hinge on who he is. If you keep your eyes on who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do, you can't not be happy because this is all temporary. Good or bad, it's all temporary. Even if it's good, it's going to end. But if your hope is in Jesus... We have something real waiting for us in eternity that money can't buy. It's priceless. Amen. As we begin to sing this morning, let's find a place. Let's take a few minutes and let this message just marinate in our spirits. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.